This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. In the book of Philippians in the New Testament, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul says, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, the Apostle, was at one time a self-made judge an avenger for what he thought to be the right way of life. With a band of fanatic followers, this man once roamed the streets of Jerusalem, seeking out those who believed in Jesus Christ, threatening the disciples of Jesus, casting into prison their followers, having them beaten and tortured. This man, Paul, he was first called Saul, actually allowed one of these followers of Jesus to be stoned to death. Stephen was his name. This man, Saul, was a bitter antagonist of the cause of Christ. But he had a change in his life one day as he was going to Damascus. He now realized the error of his former way, and he was determined to correct that error. Here was a man who faced failure in what he now knew to be the way of truth and life. And so he gives us his formula for dealing with failure. But before we consider what Paul did, let's look briefly at this matter of failure. Occasionally there are things in our lives which we consider to be failures because of all, all the adverse criticism we might receive. This might not necessarily be failure at all. This matter of public recognition of things is very deceiving at times. If you want a good example of that, consider all the political rhetoric that we've been hearing in the past months, and we'll continue to hear right on. During the days of the American Revolution, there were three men who set as their goal the warning of the Americans that the British troops were coming. These three men were named Billy Dawes, Samuel Prescott, and Paul Revere. Actually, as it so happened, Prescott and Revere were both captured. That left Billy Dawes to be the one to spread the word. The British are coming. The world might think these other two men had failed, but it was all because somebody wrote a poem, Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Did not say the midnight ride of Billy Dawes. Another example, on October the 8th and 9th in the year 1871, there was a fire in Chicago which was started by a cow which had kicked over a lantern. On that very same day, there was another fire in Green Bay, Wisconsin. In the Chicago fire, 200 lives were lost. In the Green Bay fire, over a thousand lives were lost. But many people remember the Chicago fire, that first one better because of Mrs. O'Leary's cow. That got more publicity. 
situation in life is not always as it appears because we so often get distorted views of things. Someone said in the lines of little, not real good poetry, but a poetry that I can understand, the codfish lays 10,000 eggs, the homely hen lays one. The codfish never cackles to tell you what she's done. And so we scorn the codfish while the humble hen we prize, which only goes to show you that it pays to advertise. But this advertising is often deceiving to us. We think that because of the world's view, when we failed, we really have not failed. So before you conclude that you failed so miserably in something, perhaps it would be a good idea to look very closely at what is supposed to be the failure in your life. Maybe it's a failure only in the eyes of other people. There's an old, old story, and you may have heard this before, but at the risk of boring you with a, a well-known story, let me share this with you. There's a young preacher who was asked by a local funeral director to hold a graveside burial service at a small local cemetery out in the woods somewhere for someone who had no family or friends. So the preacher, young preacher, started early but quickly got himself lost trying to find the cemetery. He made several wrong turns. Eventually, about a half hour late from when he was supposed to be there, he looked over and saw a backhoe and the crew of men standing around, but the hearse was nowhere in sight and, and the workmen were still there. This diligent young pastor, inexperienced totally, went to that open grave and found the vault lid already in place. So taking out his little funeral manual, he read the funeral service. Feeling very guilty because of being late, this young preacher preached an impassioned and lengthy service, sending that deceased person, whoever it was, to the great beyond in style. As the young preacher was returning to his car, he overheard one of the workmen standing around say, you know, I've been putting in these septic tanks for 20 years and I ain't never seen anything like this. Now, of course, there are times when we do fail, actually. That's what we're thinking about this morning. The Bible teaches us that all have sinned. That's past. And come, that's present, come short of the glory of God. This refers to the past sins and to the present sins. All we like sheep have gone astray. One minister counselor, Dr. Charles Allen, says that one of the hardest of all the problems of people to deal with is the inability to forget. This is one thing the Apostle Paul said he had to do, forgetting those things which are behind. One young lady came to Dr. Allen to talk with him about the death of her mother. She was grief-stricken, or seemed to, to be at, at least. The minister tried to tell her that her mother had lived a good life, wonderful Christian life, and now she'd gone on to her heavenly reward. But this was not that young lady's difficulty. Now that her mother was gone, she remembered all those unkind things she had said to her mother, times when she might have been kinder and more helpful toward her mother. And now she remembered with regret and shame. Well, we all have things we would like to forget, don't we? And if we can't forget those things, 
and life becomes for us an intolerable burden. It is at this very point that our Lord comes to us through the pages of Scripture to give us the formula for what we should do when we fail. First, accept failure as being what it is. Does no good to gloss over, to whitewash what is really a failure in our life. We all do fail. We all do sin. Second, we need to confess that failure, that sin, to God and be forgiven. John says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This means that we confess what we are aware of, what we know, and God forgives these sins, but he doesn't stop there. He goes on to forgive even the sins of which we are unaware, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And how true it is that we all have what the psalmist calls secret sins. These are sins that are secret to us. God knows we may not. But God forgives these also when we confess our known sins to Him. The third step is to try to, to forget the failures of the past. And this is the part that's so difficult for many of us to do. Because there are those who seem to prefer to dwell on the sins of the past rather than trusting the Lord to take care of those. We can bring our burdens, our sins to the cross and nail them to the cross as we sometimes say. But then when we leave the foot of the cross, we somehow think we need to pick up our burdens, our sins, and take them back again when we leave the cross. Although there may be some people who will keep your sins before them, they even continue to remind you of your sins, yet the vast majority of people will forget your failure of the past. Whether you're a baseball fan or not, you probably have heard the name Babe Ruth. We remember Babe Ruth as a great hitter, home run king. But did you know that Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times at bat? Another step for us, look forward to the things which are before. That's what Paul said to do, reaching forth unto the things which are before. This means that we will not continue to grieve over the adversities of life. Our look, our vision will be toward the future rather than toward the failures of the past. Oh, there are many times when the adversities of the past can be those things that propel you farther into God's glorious future than you could ever imagine. <clears throat> Did you know that when they first manufactured golf balls, they made the covers smooth? And then it was discovered that after a ball had been roughed up a bit, one could get more distance out of it. And so they started making golf balls with dimpled covers. And so it is with life. It takes some rough spots sometimes in our lives to enable us to go the farthest. A man by the name of Jacob DeShazer was one of General Jimmy Doolittle's flyers, one of the pilots in the first bombing attack on Japan in World War II. DeShazer grew up in a simple Christian home in Oregon where his father regularly had family prayers. But Jacob was not interested in religion. 
He left home, joined the army, became a pilot. Over Japan, his plane went down and he and his crew were captured. He saw three of his companions shot to death and he was cruelly tortured himself. His worst tormentor was a Japanese captain whose name was Kato. Deshaza grew to hate Captain Kato with a passion. In his cell as a prisoner, he would say again and again, the day will come and I will live to see it when I will get that man by the throat and I'm going to kill him by slow, easy stages. And then he would picture in his mind the look on Kato's face as he choked the life out of him. One day as Deshazer sat in prison, someone gave him a copy of the New Testament. Having nothing else to read, he read it. He read it through and through, again and again. And after the third reading, something had taken possession of him. The greatest figure of all time had come into his mind and his heart, Jesus. Miraculously, Deshazer was later released and allowed to return home where he married a lovely girl. She committed her life to Christ along with her husband and together they went back to Japan. They went back not to bomb their cities, but to win their souls to saving faith in Jesus Christ. They had an amazing success in their meetings there in Japan. One night, speaking to some 2,000 people, Deshazer talked about love and forgiveness. At the close of the service, he gave an invitation. A lot of people came down the aisle, but Jacob Deshazer could see only one face coming forward. It was Captain Kato, the man who had tortured him so. He met his torturer at the altar, not to choke him, as he had once dreamed of doing, but rather to offer his hand to a brother in Christ. Together they stood with a love in their hearts that completely transcended old hates and grudges. This is an example of what the power of Jesus Christ can do in a person's life. The old song says, It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others he'll do for you. Let me ask you a question. Do you sometimes feel that you have utterly failed? One writer says that the pattern for failure has four corners to it. First, the unwillingness to accept help. Two, the belief that force is a substitute for gentleness. Three, in trying to escape from reality. And four, self-pity where only the dignity of confession can bring healing and self-respect. Yes, success is not final, and failure is never fatal. Paul had wonderful words that we need to hear today, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Oh God, how thankful we are that we have a loving God, one who is a giving God, 
and also a forgiving God. And Lord, there's not a one of us who does not need your forgiveness. So we pray now, Lord, that the one listening to my voice will know the reality of your matchless love and forgiveness. And may that truth give us the abundant life that Jesus came to bring. In his name we pray.